0: Hello and welcome to another edition of The Stew with JT Brew. I'm your host, Justin Taylor, along with my co-host, Brian Toast-Clark. Another edition of the NHL Around the Ice coming to you. Week three preview. Here we go. Uh, you up on trades and why you move, You ain't designed to lose. Find you jumping over seemingly nothing. Racking up points makes the game a little more fun to watch. Can drop release. We started with the mock draft and now we making a mockery of the leaderboard. Quite obviously not a scrub. To so start an institute. Make evaluations like a commissioner do. It's to the point your wife make you watch in a different room. Update bet your roster are picking choose when you get some news. Not much that we enjoy more than sit through Sifting through new statistics to make it to our end zones Through different groups. Universities, institutes, down to homies who click in groups. I introduce. You get the stew with JT brew. Hello again and welcome to the stew with JT Brew. If you've never checked us out, this is our hockey edition of our football podcast, NHL Around the Ice, with JT and Toast. Week three action has happened. We are ready to go. We got our new segment that we brought to you last time. Toast takes the five-on-three, two-man advantage. Let me break it down for you here. This segment, we go in the show, we we'll talk about two-man advantage. We go over three different topics, five overall topics, three different things per topic. We go over from a hockey perspective, a fantasy perspective, and then a gambling perspective or slash other sometimes, depending on what we got going on the still Toast, just for the viewers who don't know, Halloween is your favorite. You are a horror film aficionado. Yesterday was Halloween. How was it, man? I know you just had movie upon movie that you were ready to watch for Halloween.
1: Yeah, so uh, I was a little... I guess away from the television, not watching hockey for about three or four days. So uh, preparing for this podcast is a little bit different because I was glued to a TV. I'm a big kid when it comes to Halloween, Um, uh, my favorite movie of all time. Uh, Any genre is, uh, you know, John Carpenter's Halloween 1978. So I'm all about it. Um, I watch it every Halloween. I watch Halloween too as well. Um, But uh, yeah, I was acting like a big kid the last couple of days took off work and um i would have been down here in the basement watching shows and uh, my wife thinks i'm a little odd and i get it uh <laughs> you know she's got a good point but uh so i started watching some hockey tonight for the first time in a couple of days it was nice to get away from that for a few days but now I'm, I'm jacked i'm i'm ready to start talking hockey again
0: yeah me and the uh the girlfriend and the kids we watched five five nights at freddy's Uh, So it was something that my son had uh, played that video game and messed with that when he was a little bit younger. So they had the movie came out. We watched it. I was a little nervous at first, but it was actually not too scary or too gory for a kid. So it ended up working out all right. They liked it. They thought it was pretty
1: good. And JT, what I'll say is uh, uh, nowadays uh, in the 2020s, you uh, got away from a lot of uh, they're getting away from a lot of the slashers. Uh, it's getting more so into the psychological thrillers. You know, mm-hmm. there's still horror, but it's more psychological uh, with the supernaturals coming out and stuff like movies like Smile, movies like Barbarian. You know, uh, I watched It Follows for the first time a couple of days ago. And I'm like, yeah. man, I mean, again, they're mind jobs of movies. And they're really entertaining, uh, very cinematic, uh, but uh, they still have that horror element as well. So, man, that's the new type of horror movie of the 2020s. I'm really digging it.
0: Yeah, I said they feel like a totally different movie. I know me and you last Halloween went back and watched uh, some of the classics. And you just forget how much they're they're suspense-ridden. Now, is there some gore in those? Yes. And as the older ones got more, they added more. But they were really suspense. They were really setting you up. For those, you know, what could happen as opposed to just being in your face, crazy gore torture movies uh, that we've seen come out in the last couple of decades. But, yeah, like you said, it, it seems like they're really turning into the, uh, the psychological thriller is kind of the way they're going uh, See, here late.
1: So you're messing around now and you're going to want me to end up doing a, you know, a a, a movie segment. You know, I mean, you've already, I've already we're talked in you into doing hockey, <laughs> you know, now you're, you're I'm like, I already, I can already see it. Let's go ahead and do a horror movie segment for sure. Yeah, we're,
0: yeah, we're going to end up. I, I almost said something about doing this show with like a Halloween horror movie anthem. Uh, and I was like, oh, this will be like a five hour episode. Man, we should maybe. probably save that for a special time, <laughs> record it and release those as specific episodes. As I was like, I know that could be, that could be a, a long one. So let's get into our first of our 5 on 3 two man advantage our first topic toast trades away connor mcdavid Call some ruckus in the discord this week said you came out and traded away mcdavid and it did not go well for you in the discord uh let's talk about it
1: yeah so i'm in a uh, in a podcast league the keeping carlson uh, ultimate uh, patron fantasy league. It's a 14 team redraft league. And man, I am last in the league and points. I mean, by far as well. And I'm not really accustomed to that. Quite frankly, I listen to enough podcasts of my own. Follow, watch enough hockey games, of my own and read enough articles to where normally I'm a lot better than this, you know, being last in the points. And again, it's not even close. So, uh, th- let me give the listeners a little bit of a background on why I actually traded McDavid here. Um, And and it was a little bit of a shock, even myself thinking about trading McDavid, but I need to take a really really big swing when you have the, the, the the top commodity and quote unquote free agent in all of fantasy hockey, you know, you're kind of sitting on a landmine. Uh, So uh, I have never had the number one pick ever in any of my fantasy leagues that I've ever actually played in before. And I've never had any shares of Connor McDavid. So JT, it lasted less than three weeks, all right, that I actually had him on my team. But the format for that draft was, is uh, I picked McDavid, number one overall. But uh, this format, they had changed recently in that league to where having McDavid was such an advantage. They would actually snake back around for the second round. But you wouldn't be able to actually pick in the second round. So basically, in a nutshell, I had picks one, I had picks twenty-eight, forty-nine, and fifty. So you have to hit on McDavid, and then you kind of sit for a while. You pick one player. Oh
0: man, play that's brutal.
1: And actually, then pick again. So they did that a couple years back. Back. Because having McDavid in a year is equivalent to two players in one. So I went ahead and made a trade. Now, I'll, I'll I'll let you guys know what the trade was here in a second. But let me give you a little bit of background on my team. Um, I don't have any players performing at all. And here's, I have a good team. Steven Stamkos, not performing. You know, you got Tuck for Buffalo. The whole Buffalo first line has come out very slow. Uh, Jamie Ben. And Joe Pavelski for Dallas. Man, they are a juggernaut normally on that first line and top power play. They've been quiet. Um, Devin Taves, you know, for Colorado. Again, he's he's no superstar, but nevertheless has been very, very bad. And then the goalie Samsonov for Toronto. I just had to drop him. Um, he's been just he's – he's been awful. I got some injuries to Arvinson already for the Kings. And Logan Couture actually hasn't played a game yet for San Jose. So I, I'm, I'm getting desperate. I'm like, I have to go ahead and give him a trade. So what I did is I was looking for maybe two or three players for one. And uh, I ended up trading uh, McDavid for uh, Tim Stutzley, who is one of my favorite players. Um, and JT, you and I actually have him in a dynasty. Connor um, Bedard. And Bedard scored another goal the last game. Um, and he got one actually taken away the game before. So that would have been four goals in a row in four straight games. And, man, he doesn't have a whole lot of help either. Um, so, And their schedule has been absolutely brutal, so hard. I mean, he's going to score more and more in bunches. Oh, and I got- They
0: played one of the toughest schedules there is right now. I mean, every week we, we keep looking up. We're like, when do they get a break and play somebody easy? Because they, it has been a murderer's row to start the year for the Blackhawks.
1: Yeah, and and uh, JT, they they got uh, <laughs> four of their next five games, uh, two of them versus Florida, two of them versus Tampa Bay. They don't get a break rolling really until the 16th of November. I mean, it's just it's just absolutely brutal. They're three and six, and quite frankly, that's about where they should be considering the, the team they actually have underneath them, and that's fairly good for them. Um, two of their losses, and I don't want to make this about the Blackhawks, but two of their losses uh, are versus uh, uh, Montreal. And Arizona, I mean, so that goes to show you. I mean, they got uh, wins versus uh you know Vegas, and they got wins versus Toronto of teams like that as well. I mean, so they're beating some good teams, they're losing to some not so good teams. Um, but nevertheless, so I got Tim Stutzle, I got Connor Bedard, and I got Martin Hs uh, for Carolina as well. So I got three for one. Um, I did. I took a beating um, in the uh, in the Discord. People's like, hey, you know how 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 did you not get more? for Connor McDavid. But what I'll say is, you know, for fantasy managers out there, it really depends on how many teams are in your league. It also depends on the format of the roster and the roster makeup. Um, This isn't just a league where you can just play forwards. You got left wing centers, right wings as well. You only have a matter of four bench spots as well. So if you go look at all the teams that I could have potentially traded with to get the value back and based on the teams that are actually kind of Desperate for a trade, it just really wasn't there uh so could have actually set up mcdavid Mcdavid a little bit longer, maybe, but I'm one and two I was actually uh I'm going pretty close to one and three, but I'll get a tough matchup this week, but you can't really get to one and two or one and three and one and four and decide to actually dig out, especially in a fourteen uh team league where only six make the playoffs, so I was pretty defer- desperate and decided to trade mcdavid
0: yeah, my thing is i' obviously dynasty you're not getting rid of them. You're keeping McDavid. No. Yeah. But in, in a redraft, I, I don't, I just, I think sometimes people hold on too long to studs in redraft where you're like, Hey, get rid of a guy, get yourself a chance. I've done it before. I've seen people like, like how do you trade Justin Jefferson? I'm like, Hey man, if you can train for three guys <laughs> that are going to start for you, it makes sense then in a redraft. Now, obviously dynasty, you don't want to do that, but, uh, But I didn't think it was egregious as everyone else in the Discord thought it was. But I just think sometimes when you play with a lot of guys that do Dynasty, you get in that mindset where they can't separate a redraft from a Dynasty. And they're like, how could you ever give up McDavid? But we'll see. And the only good thing for you, though, when you take a chance and you swing sometimes in redraft, if you miss, it's one year you go you come back to you know come back next year and you you do it all over again so if you're gonna take a chance on something like that and and make it a move to me and redraft that's the time to do it uh,
1: absolutely um and i will also tell uh tell uh league um um managers you know fantasy managers moving forward um and everybody's probably pretty aware of this, but just be you know be mindful that you're gonna get offers. Um, from other league managers and they're going to tell you like how you should accept this offer or when you let them know specifically um, what other offer you have going to their team and they act like that's such a bad deal, do your own homework. Don't always assume that everybody else is actually right and you're wrong. And the reason being is because they want that player. Um, they, they want McDavid. They want that top end talent, just like they'd want a Justin Jefferson as well. So they're going to downplay other offers that you actually let them know that you have on the table. Um, And especially if you have to let them know what offers you have on the table, which this league, you have to make it public Um, that I'm actually in. So other different format as well. But just because they think it's a bad deal doesn't mean it's a bad deal because, again, they want their shot at getting that player. So uh, do your own research and actually just don't always think everybody else is right.
0: Yeah. And sometimes you just got to stick to your guns. I've had a ton of trades in the past where people are like, oh, you lost that trade. And I'm like, we'll see. We'll see if I lost that trade. And you know, two months down the line, I'm like, people are like, I'll, sh- I'll, I'll put the same trade up on a poll. that I put up two months before and people said, you know, they were like 75, 85% one way. I'll put the same trade up two months later and people are like same way, 75, 80% the other way. So, I mean, you got to realize things change times change. You got to do what's right for your team in in that aspect. So I always tell people, hey, get advice on trades, but don't let the advice completely make the decision for you. You're the owner. You're the commissioner, you know, or not the commissioner of the league, but you're the owner of your team. You know, run it the way you want to run it. And, you know, if somebody says you lose, that's fine. You don't have to win every trade. Because you've been in leagues like that with me, where we're like certain owners were like, dude, I can't even trade with this guy because he has to clear cut win where he feels like everyone says he wins or he doesn't make the trade oh yeah sometimes when both teams feel like they lose a little you actually feel like you're better off because they're like okay we both weren't super happy with it which means it's probably fair
1: yeah and and uh i won't belabor this too long and we'll kind of move on to the next topic but just because you make one trade fantasy managers out there and everybody else criticizes it they don't know what else you have in the store. So right now I also have Larkin and I want to sell high on Larkin. And I want to go ahead and get a top end defenseman and a top end goalie for him because Larkin is top five in the league as well. So I made the McDavid move knowing that that's not my only move. <laughs> you know, I have another move actually mm-hmm. coming. And then at the end I have actually a plan to see my roster is going to be less top heavy, a lot more even, you know and again i know that based on this format top six actually go to the playoffs i got a way better shot of getting that top six versus when i actually had mcdavid and maybe larkin and being very very top heavy um based on how the draft went right and how the format was and kind of where i was at heck i was lucky to get larkin um i got him at pick 50 um so oh wow yeah i mean so i mean so if you look at that that was actually great but uh but yeah, uh, uh, have, a, have a plan, stick to your guns, go in there and actually do what's happen or do what you actually want. and in the end, you know uh, you know uh, st- like I said, just stick to your guns. So uh, there's more trades coming from me in that league and they just don't know it yet, but uh, I'm definitely gonna be making more moves.
0: All right, number two topic for us tonight, the New York Rangers off to a seven and two start. Winners of five in a row, 10 plus goal differential for them lately. Only given up 18 goals in nine games that they've been, you know, a defensive stopper so far. Only played two games at home this year. They're six and one on the road. Really great start here for the Rangers.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I like their next week games, um, you know, and, and given the fact that the, they are going to go up against a, a good team in Detroit, it's a home game. Uh, they have a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, so you don't really have any off days for uh, the Rangers coming up from a from a fantasy perspective. Um, but uh, Minnesota um, is struggling. Um, I really, really like the Rangers at home versus that, and then uh, to actually host Columbus on Saturday is great as well. Um, but this is a team that the Rangers, you know, they're not really tearing it up offensively. Um, they're they're averaging just over three goals a game. Um, really, JT, they're getting it done with defense. Uh, they're getting an, an amazing goaltending. I mean, Shesterkin is probably the best goaltender in the world right now. You know, and, and Vasco probably has something to say about that. He's injured right now and he's done it time and time again. But youth a little bit more on uh, Shesterkin's side and given his body of work in the NHL in such a short period of time, uh, you know, he really is the standard uh, that you actually want to be at. So uh, man, uh, the, the Rangers, uh, I really like what they're doing, but man, again, they're doing a defense and doing some goaltending.
0: Now on offense, like you said, they haven't really got it going as far as putting up a bunch of points, but you know, Panarin, Kreider has been solid. Fox is doing some stuff. Talk a little bit about some of those guys on the fantasy side that, you know, maybe haven't exploded to start the season, but guys that, you know, it's, it's coming eventually.
1: So, uh, the biggest surprise, and this is going to "quote unquote" surprise most listeners, I say, but is Artemi Panarin, um, and it really isn't from his point production. I mean, he's got 15 points in nine games. I mean, so I mean, JT, what is that? 115 point pace over an 82 game slate. I mean, so really, he is he is tearing it up. He's normally an assist guy. Uh, that it will, you know, mm-hmm. he's a guy that gets you 25 goals, 75 assists for the hundred points, you know, um, he's a, he's a guy that, you know, uh, passes first, shoots second. So right now his shot rate is at 15% this year, which really is right as career average. So fantasy owners be happy about that. The fact that his, I believe he may have, um, he's got five goals already and, and nine games that's high for him. All right, so, but just know he's right at his career average. And why is that? He is shooting the puck a lot more. Uh, So Panarin is usually a guy that's right around 190 to 210 shots a year. He is on pace for 280. Um, So he's up about 75 more shots than normal. So he's shooting the puck more. I'm not really sure what got into the guy. But man, again, don't think that he's overperforming uh with his goals being 5 goals and 10 assists and 15 points in 9 games especially in the goal category because the the guy is actually just shooting the puck more so it's going in at the same rate so uh Panarin owners you guys hit a home run I usually stay away from Panarin because um in a bangers league like we have for our home league he doesn't do any hits doesn't have any blocks and a pass, he usually doesn't shoot the puck. <laughs> so you only rely on those assists. And in the end, you kind of look at his point production, and especially in a bangers, like, you know, I like, yeah, he's top 40, you know what I mean, instead of top 10. But in every format this year, he's a top 10 player.
0: Yeah, I got Kreider in the in the middle of our home league. Uh a guy, you know, you know, one of the leaders of the team, a dude who doesn't usually put up huge numbers, but you can expect someone. He's got off to a hot start for me. I I love what I've seen out of him so far.
1: Yeah. So, uh, two years ago, he's put up 52 goals um, and he really regressed last year. I think he was somewhere in the mid 20s, you know, and that's probably more so, it's a little bit less than what he's accustomed to. He's probably a guy that's going to score in those low 30s, you know, but Mm -hmm. he's got eight points in nine games so far. He leads the team with six goals. Um, But uh, so he's, but he's shooting 24%. And that's a concern right now. That's about 10% higher than his career average. So expect some regression with Kreider. But for right now, fantasy owners ride the hot hand. You might even try to go ahead and fantasy owners sell high right now with Kreider. You know, get a guy that's underperforming a little bit that actually has the pedigree that really has the 35 to 40 goal scoring potential from year to year and just knowing that Kreider has been very volatile. So uh, I I would, but, but man, he, he's, he's, he's looking great right now.
0: Yeah. I expect, I definitely expect some regression, but I've loved what he's given me uh, in the early going. Again, I did not take him really high again. When he fell on those goals, he, he really dropped in drafts and I got him at a really reasonable price. So, the production I'm getting, I'm super excited with.
1: Yeah, uh, JT, you probably, guy... you probably got him like at what? Would you say probably uh, right around 100, uh, if I'm guessing. You probably got him uh, in a 10 team league.
0: I think it was somewhere in that range.
1: Yeah, that's, yeah, wow. I mean, for Power Play 1, top line as well, or line one as well, I mean, it's a steal. <laughs> it's a great pick by you, and hence why you're actually tops in our league right now in the home league.
0: I appreciate it. Off to a good start. Just got to keep it rolling. Just got to keep yeah. it rolling. Uh, two other guys, uh, uh, Fox and Bajinajay, uh, uh, two guys, you know, that we've kind of learned to rely upon for the Rangers. For some points, talk a little bit about kind of where they're at the first three weeks of the year.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, Fox again. I mean, he's doing what Fox normally does. I mean, he's a point per game player. One of the top uh, three or four uh, fantasy defensemen and actually defensemen really and all of hockey. Um, so, but he's not really shooting very much at all. Um, he's going to get you assists, um, and really, uh, one other thing I kind of like about him as well. He said block. He blocks at a pretty good rate. You're going to get him about 100 to 125 blocks a game. But he's just not really shooting. If I remember right, I think he's only shooting about one and a half shots per game um, at, at the most. You know. So again, you got to you got to recognize with Fox. Depending on your league scoring, you're only going you're only going to get assists with him. Right now, he's got three goals. That's a lot for him right now through nine games. You know what I mean? So he's not going to score you 20, 25 goals. It's going to be more like the 10 to 11 goals a season. So uh, expect a little bit of regression from the goal uh, perspective. But, uh, you know, he's doing what Fox normally does. And Zibinijad, nine points in nine games. But I tell you what, here's again. Fantasy owners may be a little frustrated because he's only got two goals through these nine games. That's low for him. Um, that's very, very low for him. This is a guy that scores goals in bunches. But don't be discouraged, fantasy owners. He's got 30 shots on goal. He's shooting a puck. He's got the deployment. He's got the time on ice as well. And he usually averages around 15% a year on a shooting percentage. So I would try to buy low on Zibanejad right now if you can
0: yeah as we head over to our number three of the five on three advantage, our gambling perspective, like you talked about earlier, this team is playing defense it's the goalie is playing well uh is starting is playing well talk about kind of where are we leaning gambling perspective with these uh with the with just kind of way this team is playing right now
1: yeah you you'll see a um a a correlation here between the hockey perspective and the, and, and I'm sorry, the fantasy perspective and the gambling perspective, they all really kind of tie together here. And this is no exception with the New York Rangers. Uh, you definitely have to hit the Panarin shots on goal. And I would have never said that in the past. I would have told anybody to stay away from that and don't even <laughs> exactly. actually touch it. But the the thing is, is I don't want really to think uh, gambling platforms have really caught on to the fact that how much he's really shooting a puck more this year, again, on pace for 270 shots on goal, I hope that actually uh, continues but they really haven't caught on right now so he's going to be two and a half shots on goal so over under two and a half shots on goal I'd be shocked if he's at three and a half shots on goal um, if he is fine you're going to get the plus odds actually a lot of plus odds you're probably going to get him at plus 120 which is quite a bit but the the reason I like Panarin for the shots on goal is I'm guessing you're probably still going to have value around or minus 120 to minus 125 for the two and a half shots on goal for right now, the way he's shooting a puck. And again, that's so out of character for him. That is great value. You're almost getting even odds there for him to actually make the three shots. Um, yeah. And if you, yeah. if
0: you're on fan duel, uh, you know, you can, sometimes they'll give you a chance at like one plus shot, two plus shot, three plus shot, four plus shot. So he's a guy, even if you want to push it down to two it's probably not going to be crazy bad odds. Like if you're going to parlay it with something else, you could probably still get with a lot of those guys that are getting about two and a half, three shots a game. I mean, you're looking at like minus 195, minus 200, minus 220. With a guy like Panarin that's not usually a guy that shoots a lot. There's a chance if you take two plus shots instead of the two and a half, that you can maybe get them at like 145, minus 145, minus 150. So it might not be as high. So that's something I would keep an eye on uh, if you're looking at shots on goal, especially if you're looking at FanDuel where they give you alternate uh, options. And uh, a lot of times on DraftKings, they give you give you just a set, two and a half shots, three and a half yeah. shots, whatever it is. But sometimes you can put those together as a, a, a parlay on, on FanDuel. So definitely keep an eye out for that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well said. And, uh, and Igor Shosturkin, the goalie. Um, so they're so good on defense. The Rangers are, um, so right now Shosturkin, he's always amazing. He really really is. Um, he's only averaging 23 saves a game and that's a good thing, right? I mean, he's not seeing a whole lot of shots and the ones he he is seeing he's stopping (laughs) for the most part. Got a very, very good save percentage right now, but I think this is another, uh, um, this is another, um, Uh, Something you should uh, gamble should actually look at right now. The majority of goalies' over unders on saves made a game, usually it's not going to be at 23. Okay. I mean, so they're usually putting those at at the lowest 27, 28 saves a game as an over under. So what you need to do with Shesterkin is you need to really wait for him to play a game like the Islanders, uh, you know, versus the Islanders. Some, a team does not give up many shots on goal as all, at all. The gambling platforms may not actually catch on to that so quickly, and they're going to go ahead and set the uh, over-under at 27 or 28, and you're going to end up hammering the under-saves. <laughs> the under-saves for Shisterkin. So um, look at their schedule. Uh, take a look at the team they're playing, see how uh, close uh, they actually play or how tight they actually play with the defense. If they don't allow a lot of shots per game and just know, of course that the Rangers um, play it pretty tight defensively as well. 23. That's what he's averaging right now. I mean, you got to get on that under.
0: Yeah. Let's move on to our third topic of our five on three a team we talked about preseason that we both loved a lot. We just thought this team has got a shot to be really, really good this year. Uh, the Dallas Stars, 5-1-1 one one record. They've looked really good to get things uh, going off the start. A lot of talent on this team. Uh, another team has been carried by their defense, but they, the offense, we know they have talent. They just haven't necessarily shown it uh, at the rate we, we are used to uh, this year so far. Um, the main line has not got off to what we usually expect fantasy perspective, hockey perspective point as well as it can, but yet this team is still winning good things to come still for the stars.
1: Yeah. This is why I believe that uh, they, I know they are my pick for the Stanley cup this year. And I think they may have been your pick JT. I can't remember. Mm. Um, and they are definitely uh, one of those teams where th- they're a cup contender. There's no doubt about it. They have the offense, that has not showed up yet the way they actually should be showing up. Um, they are loaded on the top end, um, and they got really, really good defensemen as well. Um, but they have great goaltending with Ottinger, and uh, all in all, for the most part, they're fairly young. Uh, I wouldn't say that they're the youngest team in the league, but that they're not old. Uh, so the, the the issue right now with Dallas, and I say issue because like from a hockey perspective, they're five one and one So what issues are there really? You know, yeah. but what I'll say is uh, what's really standing out is that slow start by the top line of Robertson, you know, Hints Pavelski. They're just not shooting a puck enough. Um, so when I say that they only have one player that's averaging over three shots a game, they're about 70 shots below the league average at this point as a team. And, and also too, their schedule really has not been that tough either. They played St. Louis. Man, JT, stay away from and, and fantasy owners, stay away from anybody on St. Louis. They're not Things even trying to. They're not even trying to rebuild. They're awful. They they're worse than the Hawks. Uh, <laughs> they're worse than Anaheim. And actually, Anaheim's got to start off to uh, off to a good start. Whatever, but they played they, they played the Blues. They played Anaheim. The Dallas Stars have actually played Philly. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's been not good <laughs> so far at all. And they played Columbus. That's not a very tough schedule right now. So what I'm saying is they're 5-1-1. One, and one. They're beating teams they should beat. And that's a great thing. But when they start playing those other teams, they're going to to start shooting a puck more. Um, they're just not getting enough shots on goal. That top line really has not just produced the way you want them to.
0: Yeah, to me, it seems like, this team knows they're gonna win some of these games, and it feels like guys are kind of deferring as opposed to when you get pressed by a team that you know you're in a battle with, you're gonna maybe turn it up a notch and, and take more shots and take more chances. It, to me, watching them so far this year, it feels like they know they're gonna win, and so it's like they're really like taking their time on offense, really passing around, really setting up shots as opposed to just coming out firing and be like, Oh, I'm just gonna take this bam, bam, bam. It doesn't, it's really seems like they're being more calculated. I expect when there are more dogfights, that's going to change a little bit uh, when the pressure's on, but it definitely seems like they're more calculated. They kind of feel like they know they're going to win these games. And so they're just trying to get the best shots possible as opposed to just putting the puck on the net.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's a great point. I, quite frankly, JT, I didn't even really think about that angle. And as a team as talented as Dallas and uh, you know, having the success they've actually had. Honestly, that's probably that's probably what they're doing. <laughs> so, uh, you know, fantasy owners, don't don't be discouraged, you know, by what you've actually seen from the uh the studs in Dallas. I mean, they're getting it done, they're winning. Um they had not forgot how to play hockey and actually forget how to put the puck in the back of the net, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think they're good. you're going to see these guys hit eventually. You know, they're going to get some pressure. They're going to start turning it up. So you definitely don't want to bail on any of those guys too early. Uh, jumping into, uh, you know, fantasy-wise, you know, we always talk about this. When guys are slightly underperforming, they're not playing bad, which is no one on Dallas is playing bad, but they're not performing up to what classic expectations would be for fantasy. It's a buy window, correct?
1: Absolutely. Um, that's spot on. Um, Pavelski, hence Robertson, that top line. It's absolutely loaded and even throwing a Heiskanen in there as the power play one quarterback on defense. And I even love Wyatt Johnston as well. The, the, uh, the, the young uh, wing uh, that they have. Mm-hmm. Those guys are great players. I mean, when I say uh, great players, maybe great line. Right, and Robertson is their great player. Uh, Pavelski and Henson and Heiskanen are really, really good. Johnson's a young stud, but the time to buy low is now. Um, the power play is only going at a nine percent clip right now. The league averaged twenty percent. And look at this top power play with those guys. They should be twenty-five. I mean, that. I mean, so that is not going to continue. So. Again, look at those guys on your team right now that traditionally, like the the Frank Vetrano's from Anaheim, right? I mean, this is ridiculous. He's leading the league with nine goals. I mean, come on. (laughs) He's shooting at a 35% cliff, and we'll get into Vetrano maybe later on. But trade those guys for a guy like Pavelski, you know, where Pavelski's been quiet so far. But Dallas wins again tonight. They actually, they all woke up. All their big guns actually woke up versus Calgary tonight. night. They end up winning four to three. They got a lot of points in their big guns there that their top line actually produced. Now they're six, one, and one. So uh, the time to actually buy on Dallas is now, especially for those, those frustrated fantasy owners that made us not be plugged into a lot of the analytics.
0: Another thing we like to look at uh, once we get into the gambling perspective is we like to see where teams have gone on a big lull where we can hit when it comes back up and yes. Dallas is right there on the power play. Like you said, they are way below league average on power play, even though they've got a ton of talent, the bounce back is coming. We just got to figure out what it is and we got to jump on it and bet on it.
1: Yeah. And, um, um, and real quick, before we get into a little bit of the gambling perspective here, not a whole lot of league managers want to give up Rupe Hens and Jason Robertson and even even Miro Heiskanen as the defenseman, but Pavelski and Jamie Ben. Those are guys that have actually proven they put up uh, they put up a lot of points in bunches. They can be had right now, like JT was just saying. Yeah. Go get those guys right now because their best hockey's ahead of them. I got shares of them. Heck, in the league, I traded McDavid in. I got Pavelski. I got Ben. I'm pretty frustrated. But looking at the analytics, I'm like, it's coming. It's coming. So from a gambling perspective, yeah, they only got two power play goals all season long from this team. In nine games, only two power play goals from this team? It's it's hard to fathom. Nobody would have predicted that. If you would have put a bet on that, you would have actually been losing a heck of a lot of money. There's no doubt about it. Um, So... What you need to do, gamblers, is wait till they actually have maybe two to three power play goals in one game. As soon as that happens, that one game, you need to pounce that next game from a gambling perspective. And then go ahead and get on the power play point. And don't – again, I'm always big. You don't have to get Pavelski, Hintz, Robertson, Heiskanen. Those – or I'm sorry, or, or, you know, uh, Pavelski, Hints, Robertson, those big guys. Get the defenseman, Heiskanen. He's been relatively quiet so far. I guarantee a power play point if they haven't caught onto that. Once they kind of explode in one game, he's gonna be plus 350 to plus 400 for a power play point. And this is a team that once they get going and actually have that success they normally have on the power play. I mean, I mean, nine percent—that's crazy. It's just gonna explode. That's what's gonna happen. So uh, that that is uh, that is your play. Look at like Mural Highskin for a power play point once they get going jump on the next game.
0: All right, our number four topic on our five-on-three is the Vancouver Canucks. Hockey perspective, sticks two and one, got off to a great start against Edmonton. Part of their bad start was because the Canucks came out ready to play. They looked so much better than last year so far. Rick Tagus got this team, uh, you know, midway through. They, it just... It's crazy how much better they look to start off the beginning of the year. Um, It it seems like they finally started to do some things that everyone thought they would do the last couple of years and are finally getting together. Um, They've had an easy schedule, which helps, but that allows teams to kind of get themselves settled, get it together. Uh, So it's encouraging because they've won some games. Let's talk a little about where we think we're at uh, here with the Vancouver Canucks.
1: So you mentioned uh, Rick Tockett uh, taking over as coach JT, and I, I think he took over midway through last season. And uh, I I didn't I did some checking because I'm not a Canucks fan, um, but uh, they're twenty 14, and five since he took over. They were so bad when they Very started nice. off last season. The previous uh, at the beginning of last year, for the first half of the season, they were awful, and they they shouldn't have been. They got Pedersen, they got Miller. They got Kuzmenko, they got Besser, they got Hughes, they got the goalie Demko. They got a lot of talent, and there was no reason they should have been playing as bad as they were playing. So this year, completely different. You know, like you said, it was a six-two and one start. You know, they're a pretty complete team because they have a lot of offensive talent, and Demko is really, really getting it done. You know, so that balance. Um, I mean, they're scoring at a great pace. And, uh, again, did some checking today, and I knew the goaltending was good. Didn't realize it was as good as it's been. They're goaltending as a team, and Demco is really, the, you know, most to, uh, you know, take credit for that. They're at a 944 save percentage through nine games. Okay, is that sustainable? Probably not, but honestly, I could see 920. 925 being sustainable for a while and that's not that far off. So this six, two and one record is not a mirage. I mean, they, uh, they're pretty good. So, uh, and I mean, you look at their top end talent on offense and then with their, you know, you know, they're back in and they got Quinn Hughes as the, uh, uh, the offensive defenseman there as well. Um, They, they have the marker, a pretty good team.
0: Fancy wise, we know about kind of the big dogs on this team. Like you talked about a lot of talent here. Is there some other guys that you want to keep an eye out that maybe, you know, some of the novice guys in your league aren't paying attention to?
1: Yeah, the uh, the 27-year-old rookie from last year, the Russian Andre Kuzmenko. Um, so people may say that he hasn't really got it going yet after scoring over 30 goals and 30 assists, again, as a 27-year-old, excuse me, rookie. I am a little concerned with his time on ice so far this year. He's only averaging about 13 and a half minutes time on ice. And that does concern me. Uh, but he has two goals, he has five assists, so that's seven points to nine games. That's that's pretty darn good. Deployment's good. You know, he's on line one, power play one. But here's the deal, here's why I'm a little concerned, JT. Uh, with, with Kuzmenko owners, and I'm one Kuzmenko owners in the same league, again, is I have McDavid in and I traded. That just kind of shows you, again, I'm just everywhere in that league. Kuzmenko last year shot 28%. That's, that's insane. That's insane. Nobody shoots 28% for a season, let alone a 27-year-old rookie. That's not sustainable. This year, he's 13%. 13%? He may be a guy that shoots at a pretty high rate. So I would say, you know, what's normal for him is probably 17, 18% nevertheless. So that's probably more the average. Here's here's the play. I would say for owners right now, it's Kuzmenko. Knowing what he did last year at 28%, knowing he's going to drop probably on average at least 10 to 12 percentage points this year on a shot percentage given the fact that he's, he's got the same team, the same line mates with him this year. So he's probably going to shoot the puck at the same rate. And who knows, maybe even less. If once he scores, maybe say three goals in a four game span, I'd try to sell him. I'd sell high. I would actually go ahead and just try to get rid of him at this point. That's what I'm going to try to do. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. because he's on, he's very unlikely to replicate that goal pace. He was on last year, given the shooting percentage. So that's the only thing from a fantasy fantasy perspective that sticks out to me on this team, and Acuameno kind of sticks out like a sore thumb.
0: Yeah. So, gambling perspective. Let's take a look at this. Uh, you know, this is a team. Last year, for most of the year, we were betting against all year because they just were bad, and they it, they were the team I was waiting for someone to get down like Edmonton. They get down two nothing, and I'm jumping on the live bet Ed, Edmonton money line. Yeah. Because you know they're going to score and you know they're going to come back because for some reason, even with good goalie play and good defense, Vancouver just gave up a million goals last year. They let everyone back in it. So that was that was last year. Hasn't been the case this year as I hit the dust the first couple games against Vancouver and Edmonton when they got oh, down. Man. I was like, oh, this is a perfect example. Edmonton jump on that live bet. I jumped on those. Absolutely not. Edmonton just fell apart, and Vancouver did what most of the time teams do is they actually just extend that lead as opposed to getting worked. Um, So I have obviously regressed, changed my betting habits on Vancouver since then. Anything for betting perspective jumping out to you with this Canucks team?
1: Yeah, their power play this year is kind of uh doing what kuzmenko did individually last year um very very high rate of success on the power play they're at a 26 percent clip on the power play um just so you know edmonton actually uh was at like a low 30s last year which is an all-time league high for power play so it's early in the season but nevertheless when you actually have the pedigree of the players you have on this team offensively again with the uh, with Hughes, with Pedersen, with Besser, with Miller, with Kuzmenko as well on that top line. They're, they're going to get theirs. Uh, that's what's going to happen. So, But 26%, as good as they are, that's not sustainable. Um, so right now, while they're riding that power play high, um, considering Kuzmenko doesn't really have a whole lot of goals, but he does have five assists in nine games, he's going to eventually tuck the uh, touch the puck more. Um, and he's going to shoot at a little bit of a higher rate than what he's shooting at now. Just a little bit. So I like him to score a power play point. Um, I would imagine a power play point right now for a guy like Kuzmenko is probably going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of a plus 300. And so the, the game to play him and to play the power play point for Kuzmenko. And again, you you can pick. Patterson, if you want, you can pick Hughes if you want, but Kuzmenko will have the best odds. They play Edmonton at home on Monday, November sixth, and right now Edmonton, they've struggled. Um, they have not been good on the penalty kill as well. If I remember right, they're only like at a sixty-seven percent rate of actually killing penalties. That's like third or fourth worst in the league. So this may just be the time to play it again. Circle your calendars for Monday, November 6th versus Edmonton. That is a home game for Vancouver. So play the Kuzmenko power play point.
0: Moving on to our fifth take of our five on three, two man advantage, the Florida Panthers. Now this is a team pretty high expectations coming into the season. You know, a team that looked really good last year. They're 4-3-1 and so far. They've only scored 22 goals in eight games. That's under three goals a game, not the high-power offense we're used to from Florida with all that talent. Everyone who took a lot of their players early, early on in their fantasy drafts, you're wondering what is the heck is happening in Florida. They, this is a good offensive team that just really right now is not putting up equal offensive numbers to who they are. Um Right now, only guy looking really solid is Sam Reinhardt. It's it's crazy. He's the one guy doing numbers for him. Uh you no, know, no one else is really lighting the lamp. No one else is really putting up huge numbers. Uh Matthew Kachuk, who I've got on numerous teams, two point nine percent. And I whisper it because it's so terrible. <laughs> two point nine percent is his shooting percent so far. Right now, he has one goal on the season. And the one goal he got, he was sitting on my bench in a league because I forgot to <laughs> put it in. Unbelievable. Just a tough start for the Panthers, uh, a team I typically like to bet on, a team I typically like to take the overs. But for hockey right now, man, they are off to a rough start. 4-3-1 and one isn't terrible, but they just do not look like the Florida Panthers we expected.
1: Yeah, you wonder, JT, if there's just a little bit of a hangover following that deep run they had in the Stanley Cup playoffs last year going to the Cup Finals. Um, You know, that was their first time doing that. Um, They, again, had that deep run. I know Kachuk, actually, if I remember right, uh, he didn't play in games, maybe uh, game five or game six. Uh, I think he had a I think he had a ruptured spleen <laughs> yeah, something had, crazy had, like yeah, that he
0: had so he had a pretty bad injury where he missed quite a few games and he ended up trying to play through it was a sternum so maybe or injuries. yeah it was a yeah, fractured sternum, a sternum or a ruptured injury. spleen or yeah I, I... yeah it was crazy yeah but he tried to fight through it he like played one game and he was like yes. dying i mean dying and he played anyway and then the very next game like as soon as the game was over they're like oh he can't play they're like he's out like the next game, they're like, no, he's out at least one game, maybe two. And obviously that hurt them in the playoffs. But, man, when you're not a team used to running, uh, you know, making that run deep in the playoffs, it can really wear you down. An extra month of the season is, is something that you're not, your body's not used to, and then you add injury on top of it. And and it's we always talk about it. The team that loses in the championship, yeah, you always are going to have some kind of hangover. You you were this, you know, this freaking close to getting it done, to winning everything you've ever worked for, and you don't do it. You got, you're going to get a disappointment. You're going to have a letdown. It just happens.
1: Yeah, you play in a June, you know, and you 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 go to training camp in September, and you start your season in early October, and you play all the way into June. You know, we talk about the longest seasons, you know, in baseball, how long baseball is, and Hockey is no exception as well. I mean, if you're going to go wire to wire, it's a long season. Again, like to lose it, you know, so. uh, But that's kind of, you know, uh, that kind of leads us in that fantasy perspective, JT. You know, we talk about our other perspective here on the five on three is this team right now is being carried by Sam Reinhart and Evan Rodriguez, which is really not what you expected. You expect them to actually be carried by Barkov, by Matthew Kachuk, by Carter Verhage. You know, and then Reinhardt's been a good player, and Rodriguez has actually been kind of a role player. But those are two guys carrying him right now. Now, Reinhardt shoot at 26%, eight goals in eight games. That's not sustainable. That's going to regress. But I tell you, Reinhardt's not going to be available in your leagues. But Rodriguez, especially in those 10, 10 team like home leagues, you might be able to find Rodriguez out there. But the time on finding Reinhardt's past, that's not going to actually happen. And We talked about the potentially for owners to go ahead and sell high on them. But honestly, I wouldn't really want to sell Reinhardt right now. He's got eight goals in eight games. I know that's not going to continue. But nevertheless, you know, Kachuk really hasn't even got going now. He's got six assists, I believe, maybe in, in eight games. So he's scoring. He's just not actually scoring a puck. But, you know, Reinhardt is only, is it 26%. So that's going to regress to some degree, nevertheless. But what a blistering start. So um, I'd try to buy low right now on Matthew Kachuk for fantasy owners. Um, Heck, if you got Reinhardt on your roster, if you got a guy like Tyler Toffoli from New Jersey Devils, um, Who, because with the Devils, they still got Brat, They still got Hughes. They still got Dougie Hamilton. Um, They got players that Toffoli – I would trade Toffoli for Matthew Kachuk in a heartbeat – Heck, I may even do that for DeBrinket as well. Your guy though over there in Detroit, <laughs> JT. I'm I, I, I may, I would, we I would for got sure. One, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, and you got both of them right. Exactly. I mean, so that again, that just goes to show you why you're 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 just killing it in the league right now in our home league. But I expect Florida to start scoring at a higher pace once they get Montour back, once they get Ekblad back on that blue line. Um, they both of those guys have actually, you know, they're injured. It looks like uh Montour is very close to coming back. Eckblad, I'm not really sure, but I know Montour is pretty darn close. He went on then with this road trip here, he hasn't been cleared yet, but he's actually been skating in practice. That's huge for uh owners who actually drafted Montour a bit late because he is a top five defenseman in fantasy, um, in most formats. So, but once both those guys come back, they both spent time on the power play. And I think once they get involved, they'll kind of feel like they had their full team back. And I think that team's going to take off offensively. And when I say this team, I think Kachuk and I think Barkov and I think all of them's going to be, in, and Ford is really, really good. So I expect a fantasy perspective. Um, you know, once those guys come back, it's really, really going to help out.
0: Yeah, for a gambling perspective, this is a team we usually like to jump on because, you know, we like, we like the possibility, we like the offense, we like to do it it's a team we have completely ignored lately. We have been staying away from every player, every prop, every game with them lately. And I think our plan is to keep doing that until we see something change. Cause just right now, it's just, just not smart betting.
1: Uh, so, I, uh, a little bit with that defenseman, right? Once, once they get their defenseman back, I think that maybe you give them a little bit, you know, two to three weeks after they get their full core defenseman back, then then go ahead and start looking at those prop bets for Florida, because I think now they're going to come together as a team. Uh, They're going to really start to produce like they were last year. And they'll start producing in bunches. I mean, you'll see Kachuk just go nuts. Um, But uh, for the play right now, until those uh, defensemen, you know, come back is, I like them um, you know, going the you know, the under on total goals scored in Florida's game. So far, in the four of the last five games, they've been under the five and a half. They got teams like Chicago coming up. Chicago doesn't score. Columbus coming up, they don't score. Washington, they're starting to get their act together. But still, Washington is not that great this year. And Carolina, you know how Carolina now... Carolina's scoring this year more than they normally do, but nevertheless, they've always been traditionally a, a team that wins with defense, with goaltending as well. So I really like Florida for the under six and a half. You could probably get it somewhere in a neighborhood of like minus one thirty continuing over the next week and a half. Bet those guys over the next week and a half, the under six and a half goals, I would say probably 75 to 8% time is gonna go. Um, that's the play.
0: Yeah, I like it. Yeah, you know ride that slide while you can, if it's going to be that way, they're not scoring goals, you know, stick with that for now. So I like that coming down to the last couple of minutes of the show here, we're going to jump into the final face-off here, toast. Uh, what do you got here for the final face-off?
1: Uh, JT, I just really want my fantasy teams to perform. Uh, they, they've <laughs> underperformed. Um, it, it, this that, that goes to show you, you can, listen to all the podcasts you want. You can read all the articles you want. You can actually watch all the hockey you want, but really a lot of times it comes down this early in the season to just flat out luck. Um, you, you draft players based on their, their pedigree, their historical statistics they've actually put out. And also too, based on maybe the schedule <laughs> that they've, they've seen. But even this year, the NHL has got a odd schedule so far, a very, very odd schedule, even this week, man. I mean, this, uh, so yesterday was a Tuesday and we only play four games. I'm sorry. Like, I don't, I actually, I don't, I'm sorry. Yesterday being a Tuesday, I think i gonna play two games. And today, Wednesday being a four games, just a very odd schedule altogether. So my philosophy of targeting players with, who shoot the puck, when I told new fantasy managers who they, you need to target players who shoot the puck. And they're on the ice all the time, anywhere from 19 to 20 minutes a night. Get those players. That hasn't worked out for me so far. <laughs> so uh, I think it will average out, but right now it's been pretty frustrating. Um, but uh, a couple, uh, uh, you know, uh, lasting impressions here for the listeners. Players to sell high on right now, brinkett, Not because he's been bad, because he have not He's been outstanding. But we talk about that getting two players for one. If uh, your team needs it and you're a little bit top-heavy, kind of like Edmonton is every single year, um, if you have to brink it, you may consider and actually do it a two-for-one there and actually balance out the team a little bit more. Uh, Frank Petrano with Anaheim. This is ridiculous. He's shooting at a stupid percentage. He's got nine goals. He's leading the league in goals. Sell him. Sell him right now. Um, that's you, you get a, you get another guy on a good team with a top power play deployment. Who's actually done it year in, year out, sell high on Fink Bertrano. Uh, same could be said for Sam Reinhart as well, even though I may, probably would actually hold on to Reinhart, but I, I wouldn't fault anybody for selling a high on him. Brock Besser. I'm going to just say predict right now that Brock Besser started off the year four goals in the very first game. Since then, he's had two more goals. He's got six goals and assists for seven points to nine games with Vancouver. Great start, but you score four four goals on opening night. I would sell Besser. That's what I would do. And then again, Ryan Hartman with uh, Minnesota as well. Uh, Another sell high target. Uh, He's playing out of his mind right now with the absence of of Matt Boldy. Once Boldy actually comes back um, in Minnesota, and he's pretty darn close to doing that, Boldy will actually get the deployment. There's no doubt about that. And Hartman, he probably will be the guy out. I mean, so this is going to be short-lived. So fantasy managers, get on that now. Get rid of Hartman while you can, because once Boldy gets back, that's going to change. The other players that actually buy low on right now, Johnny Gaudreau uh, for Columbus, uh, Columbus Road really has had a whole lot of luck. If you actually look at their, de- their detailed numbers, and I'm not going to actually go into those right now, but nevertheless, their expected goals for is much higher than actually what they've got so far. So, so um, I would say Gaudreau and YNA, better days ahead for them. And we already mentioned Matthew Kachuk uh, with Florida <laughs> goal and six assists, so seven um, uh, points to uh, eight eight or nine games. That's still, still great, you know what I mean? So, but... If you can end up trading uh, or you can end up getting a Matthew Kachuk, end up actually packaging a guy like Ryan Hart or somebody else for a Matthew Kachuk, do that in a heartbeat. Don't hesitate. But uh, um, this next week coming up, JT, I'm going to try to go ahead and watch a little bit more hockey, get plugged back in. Got the Halloween out of me. even though know, I'll st- still be watching some shows. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, and we're, we're going into, I think we advertise this as week three, but really technically we're in week four right now. We're on a Wednesday, but we're in the middle. Week three recap, week four.
0: We're in the mix. We're in the mix there. So, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's kind of week three recap. Heading into week four uh, is kind of where we're at. So, But that was the final face-off from Toast. Check him out at Toast Clark on the X. Make sure you check out his Toast Takes Put on his favorite bets of the week. If you're a gambler, jump on there. See what you like. Usually put a variety of things together, some uh, individual plays, some uh, prop bets, uh, parlays. We kind of do a little bit of everything on there. Check me out at JT Orange on the X as well. Any final thoughts, Toast?
1: Nope. Just, uh, keep actually walking, watching hockey. Um, again, if, if fantasy managers, if you guys are frustrated with the NHL, um, schedule so far, uh, join the club. We all are. Okay. I think that actually shakes out in week five or week six, where it kind of settles down into the norm, um, where we can actually get some, you know, some games every night instead of, uh, just, uh, these, this odd schedule again, that the NHL has actually put out very, very odd. So, but that's, that's all. Can't wait till next week. And, uh, Look forward to chatting with you again, JT.
0: Yeah, check us out uh, every Wednesday night, usually somewhere between 9 and 10 o'clock Central Time is when you go on. But always check out our podcast uh, the next day on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. This has been NHL Around the Ice with JT and Toast here on The Stew with JT Brew. Thanks for joining us. Check you next time. Uh, you up on trades and wire moves. You ain't designed to lose. Find you jumping over seemingly nothing, racking up points. Makes the game a little more fun to watch. Can drop release. We started with the mock draft, and now we made.